a Thursday afternoon with the muster on Hokanui as we go and catch up with Stu Evans out of Derry NZ. Stu, good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, good afternoon, Andy. And just the music I finally understand. It's really well done. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I don't think last time went too well, did it, by all accounts, with you? Yeah, you had a funny choice, to be fair. Well, I've got a library here. We've got it here at NZME, and you can type stuff in. A lot of stuff you can find online in here if you want, or you can go onto the internet and get it too. But, yeah, some are better than others. Let's leave it at that, eh? Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, it's that time of year, mate. We're talking. We're having meetings about winter grazing, but today we're not talking about that. Well, we are, but we're not. We're talking about winter crops and just crop selection and paddock. Um, tractors have been going all over the show. Possibly not so much today, Stu, but we're just looking at paddocks for next season. Yeah, all of that work's already been done. The paddock selection should have already been done last after last this season coming up last year, and probably should be looking at next year's paddocks now. Um, but talking to your contractors. You know, regarding the critical source areas and the correct or best methods for sowing of, of those winter crops is probably the critical part of the moment, getting ready to put those crops in. So whether it's direct drill, minimum tillage, system sowing or full cultivation, there's, there's those kind of those discussions you need to be having with your with your contractor relevant to your, your property and your soil type, to be fair. Um, it's interesting, though, how contractors have got on board and actually liaising with farmers now, like you just said then, and likes of critical source areas, etc. And this is just proof that farmers are doing what they need to do on farm. Yeah, farmers are a fantastic bunch. We've, we've got a really good good result down here in South in the last couple of years of um, of good business practice being being adhered to, and, and and people could look at and see that the leaders that they are in the field in that respect. Thing, but um, big thing probably is too. You know, talk talk to your agronomist regarding those crop selections and what's going to fit your requirements and your class of stock too, Andy. And, whether that be fodder beets, swedes, kale, turnips, and a lot of that fodder is probably already in the ground by now. Um, but one key point I'd like to point out just to, in, in doing that is to bear in mind the um, if your cows are going away for grazing, what they're coming home to, so make sure that they are coming back to the same as what they're grazing when they're away so you, you avoid those transition issues when they do come home. Because the transition issue is a big one, isn't it? Oh, a massive amount, and that, that sets your animal up for the, for the spring when they do come home for calving, so... You want to make sure you make it as easy as you can for yourself and your staff. Uh, summer turnips, given the current weather and predicaments that we're facing, we're talking La Nina for a third year, as uh, Phil Duncan's alluded to in the last few weeks. Um, something to plan now, just looking ahead to the season, so being summer-proof almost? Yeah, great great time to start looking at summer turnips, uh, given the forecast knee was putting out there at the moment. Um, you know, we continue grass growth that we're currently experiencing is, is fantastic, and but balance that on our spring rotation plan has probably been bought 14 days. So good opportunity to, to um, look at some of turnips. Ideally, just you know, look at when you want to graze them, work backwards from your dates from then. Um, normal normal sowing, uh, normal maturity date, sorry, for is um, in that 70, 80 of the historic types. But I understand there's some new varieties out there at the moment, which are talking 55 to 60 day maturing. So that could be certainly worth looking at. Um, with your agronomist to see whether that's going to fit your system and whether you should be looking to do something along those lines. It's a, it's a cheap form of feed. You know, you're talking seven to eight cents a kilo of drive matter. So, what else can you buy in for that sort of feed price at the moment? And especially when we're trying to get summer proof conditions these days on farm, um, trying to get the stock through because you've got that critical period, haven't you? Especially when you're going into January through February, it's about looking after the stock on farm and just managing to have the feed available, uh, baleage, etc. It's all about having everything, um, all your ducks line up, I suppose. 
Yeah, it is. And even if the weather does does change and we don't get the dry period, then it's still a good insurance policy that you can use that extra feed to, to put into silage or baleage. You know, to look, if you need when you get an adverse event, you can come in and use it then. And as one fellow said to me a few years ago, I've never forgotten it, it's always better to look, for, look at feed than be looking for feed. So, yeah. um, and it's the cheapest feed that you can grow is what you can grow on your own property. Let's talk about critical source areas on farm as well and just the relationship with your contractors because, like we said before, Stu, it's about going into a paddock and actually looking at the dimensions and the slopes, etc., as to what you can do in that paddock and what you've got to leave. And I'll tell you what, look, through last winter, when I'm um, going through to TR now, just going around Southland in general, just looking at the work that cockies are doing on farm as well, sheep and beef and dairy, everyone for that matter, I think we just got to commend the way that farmers are approaching these things now. Yeah, definitely, and a good way of doing that is, is a winter grazing plan. It's something that, that formalises what farmers are already doing. It's in their head, but it puts on the paper and just creates clear expectations for the for the staff and that are working for and how winter needs to be done that season. Another thing about it is too that you know when you, this time of year, when you, it seems early to be sorting it out now, but actually gives you consideration to where you're placing those bales for winter, the grazing directions, and as like, as you already said, you know around those critical source areas, you're identifying those that you're your plans in place when it does come to feed them, everyone knows they're on the same page and know exactly what they're doing. It's a good ta- it's a good chance, sorry, just to sit down with staff and say, righty guys, this is our planning for next season and this is the rationale behind it too, so everybody's thinking off the same tick. Exactly, and, that, and that's what it's all about, is making sure that for, for our staff it's easy and as practical as it can be and, and it's not so stressful on everybody at the time. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it too. Hey Stu, thanks for your time on the muster as always, mate. Have a great weekend. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Andy. Even though it's only Thursday, I'll put that out there now. Um, as we leave you for a bit of uh, music, apparently, that has passed. The mark was due today, uh, Smash Mouth. I will ask for his music request next time he's on the show. But great as well, just regarding winter crops for next year. Put everything else aside. When you're in the farm gate, you're doing what you can control, and that is getting crops on the ground for next season. So like Stu said, talk to your agronomist, team at Dairy and Z, whoever you work through, and have a plan of attack organised. Coming up next on The Muster, Hannah Blakely from Beef and Land, New Zealand. I'm a believer.